Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of the 401k podcast. This week's topic, organization uh, for plant sponsors and kind of the need for it. But of course, first things first, let's talk about some of the stuff that's coming up our live events, live and in person. We are going to be Friday, September 10th at Bush Stadium, St. Louis. Special guest, um, the Matt Hungarian, Al Rabosky. Uh September 24th, also Friday, Minneapolis, Target Field. Special guest, Tony Oliva. Uh, and then a special Wednesday, September 29th, Planet Houston, Minute Maid Park, special guest Phil Garner. We did book Friday, January 21st, 2022 in Las Vegas. And of course, the following week, the 28th and 29th, we will have that 4K National Conference live on Zoom. Uh, information on all the events can be found at that 4K site.com. Uh, the Las Vegas event will be at a special venue, New York, New York, Hotel and Casino. Um, for a variety of reasons, and I think the most important reason was the inability to get a venue, uh, that could, uh, fit in our budget. Um, and, you know, we always have budget concerns, uh, when hosting these events. Uh, you know, you can't spend $20,000 for food. This isn't a bar mitzvah or a wedding or anything. So, uh, go to that foreigncasesite.com for further information. Um, let's talk about... Obviously, um, to talk about organizational skills and, uh, you know, one of the fascinating stores out there is the container store. And I think the container store is for somebody like me, who's a little bit messy. Uh, the container store could be, uh, kind of a hell instead of a heaven for those who are organized. Uh, it's interesting. They have variety of storage items that you didn't know you ever needed. Um, plant sponsors, uh, do need organization. I don't think they need to go to the uh, uh, container store and buy anything for for uh, organizational skills. But I, I always find, you know, a good part of my practice helping plant sponsors out. One of the ways to help them out is dealing with the fact um, that uh, organizational skills is uh, is a problem, is a skill that they don't have. Number first things first. I think that um, you know plant sponsors really need to know their role. Um, they need to know their role that not only are they a 401k plan sponsor, they're also a plan fiduciary and no matter what they do, no matter who they hire, um, they're always going to be on the hook for liability, no matter what, even hiring the, uh, best of advisors or TPAs or plan fiduciaries, there will always be some sort of liability left. When the TPA screws up, the plan sponsor is the one who's going to, you know, uh, pay the penalty um, for a failed compliance test that they thought they passed or, you know, uh, a missing 5,500. Uh, they're responsible no matter what. Uh, and it's important that they uh, be organized. And I think one of the most important parts is Plant sponsors need to avoid that army of one. And an army of one was, a, was an interesting slogan, slogan for the U.S. Army back in the 2000s. It was also the episode of a Sopranos episode. Uh, it was the name of a Sopranos episode where Jackie Jr. got uh, whacked by uh, Vito Spadafore. And Vito Spadafore uh, character, uh, it's interesting, the, that person actually lives in my area. He lives next door to the next village over. His wife owns the store where I live in Oceanside. And uh, I would see him from time to time and say hello, friendly guy and whatnot. 
doesn't get along with the rest of the cast. I think there's some bad blood when uh, uh, James Gandolfini passed away and he talked and he's been kind of uh, left out by the rest of the cast if there's like a signing or a convention or whatnot. An Army of One is not only an army slogan in a Sopranos episode, it was the uh, time where uh, I described myself when I was trying, I was working for a certain TPA. Um, when I started there, we had two attorneys and paralegal, and it, it, after the restatement process had ended, I was the only one left. And I said, uh, when I wanted a raise, I was an army of one. Didn't have a secretary, put stuff on my own. Um, you know, and, and the funny thing about when you were working for that certain TPA, you were always told how great you are, how fantastic you were, until you asked for a raise. And then you heard about how terrible you were and you were lucky to have a job. Uh, it should be interesting that when I left uh, that TPA, they had to replace me with three people. Okay, whatever. But um, the army of one is you have so many small, medium-sized businesses that have one person in charge of their retirement plan. Uh, and I think that's a bad idea. Uh, it's a bad idea because it reminds me how we treated things at the, the first TPI I ever worked at. We always made sure that any, every employee shared the information on what they were working on, on in the case uh, that they got hit by a bus. So when I started working there, I was a risk attorney. I had a paralegal. She knew what I was working for, working on to avoid if I ever got hit on a bus and they wouldn't know what I was doing and, and whatnot. You know, obviously, it's not that they thought that these employees – uh, we get hit by a bus or meet an untimely death. It just meant that they want to make sure that important information isn't lost if it's shared by more than one employee. And I worked at a school newspaper at Stony Brook called Statesman. Uh, I joined uh, a year or two after the IRS had issues with them. There was one person uh, in the office, salary employee, who was responsible for sending the withholding to the government. And because the money, uh, paper had money issues, she didn't bother sending it. So the IRS you know, took the hammer and, and hit us for, I think, $19,000 of missing withholding. Uh, this wouldn't have happened if we had an army of two. Um, you know, I've seen too many times when, you know, someone would die or, or leave employment and, you know, the information, the plan information they had died with them. Um, it happens so often. Uh, right now I have a client. We had a uh, longtime client, uh, person was miffed because they brought in somebody else new into the, uh, like a CFO and they didn't get the raise they wanted. So they left in a huff and all the information they had left with them. Um, I'm not trying to say that people booby trap things and that has happened in the past, but you know, when one person's in charge and they leave and they leave uh, on bad terms, uh, very likely that there's going to be balls dropped. You know, when I left that TPA, it, I left in a huff. Um, Balls dropped. Um, that happens. Um, you know, having you know multiple people involved with a specific 401k plan creates a system of checks and balances. You know, I found too many times, you know, where again 401k plan sponsors had to pick up the pieces when they discovered that the solo person uh, in charge of the plan was late in deposit or solid deferrals um, for multiple payrolls. And, uh, you know, it was only discovered that the employee left. So I think it's important that plan sponsors develop some sort of buddy system for their 401k plan where at least two people, preferably more, uh, will be involved in the day-to-day administration of a plan to avoid 
that one person leaving or getting hit by a bus. Next, um, obviously forming some sort of committee. Um, you know, managing a 401k plan requires plan sponsors to serve a fiduciary capacity. Uh, and of course, that requires them to uh, have the highest duty of care in equity and law. And of course, one of those duties is the duty of prudence. And one way you can make sure that you, ha you know, a plan sponsor has a prudent process in place is to manage a plan. And one way of becoming prudent is for the plan sponsor to create an apparatus in managing a plan. It could be you know, a committee, some sort of governing body. Uh, you know, plan sponsors may call it something else. Um, that's fine. Uh, we're not worried about names. We're worried about, you know, structure uh, and, you know, that things should work. The problem with committees, um, you know, I, I, I have problems with committees because sometimes um, they're just bureaucracy. They don't function. Uh, perfect example is I, I, I was dealing with an alumni group, uh, it was for the school paper and they developed a fundraising committee and the fundraising committee has been up and running for six, seven months now. And we haven't done a damn thing. Uh, cause the committee was like three people. I talk about fundraising and they're talking about, you know, issues that have nothing to do with fundraising. They are talking about, uh, the, uh, UBITS, which is the uh, unrelated business tax income for a not-for-profit. You know, pretty simple. Statesman sells t-shirts. They can keep the money and there's no UBIT. I know this because when I worked at a certain law firm, I had to deal with UBIT for a organization that had a UBIT problem and needed to create another organization to handle the UBIT income. Um, I always talk about that law firm, Meyer Swazi. Um, one of my biggest jokes over there is that I always said that if the magic attorney wanted to uh, uh, not deal with a problem, uh, if she wanted to ignore an issue, uh, all she had to do was create a committee for it because nothing would come out of the committee. Um, you know, the problem with committees is, you know, obviously size. Too many members create paralysis and too few can conserve as a dictatorship. Um, you know, know that from synagogues, it's uh, such a waste of time sometimes and how they operate it. Um, when it comes to committees, plan sponsors surely take the Goldilocks approach. Number of members of a committee has to be just right. They need a set of bylaws. Um, so there is some sort of rules and guidance because chaos doesn't rule. Ruling by chaos isn't ruling. The committee obviously, you know, needs agenda, a purpose. And the purpose is managing the plan and have regular meetings and keep to it. You know, people treat uh, plan sponsors sometimes treat uh, um, committees like uh, a diet plan. They just don't follow it. And uh, you know, when you create a committee, um, don't have meetings, but you have a committee name only. Uh, that could consider breach of fiduciary process because you put a process in place, you didn't follow it, and that could in of itself be a fiduciary breach. Uh, of course, one way to be organized is for the plan sponsor to hire a good advisor and let them do their job. You know, hiring a financial advisor goes a long way in organizing a plan. Financial advisors are just picking investment options of plan. Uh, it's about managing the fiduciary process. That could be a 338, 321, or a broker. 
One of the biggest misnomers about 401k plans is that employers aren't liable for the losses sustained by a participant when, the law, when these participants make their investment in their 404c plan when they direct it. Um, it's one of the biggest misnomers out there because too many plan sponsors are disorganized. They don't uh, review funds on a timely basis. They don't provide education to plan participants. And therefore, theoretically, participants could sue them for losses sustained by investments made by their participants. Um, a good advisor is going to help a plan sponsor develop an investment policy statement, selecting and replacing investments based on the IPS, and providing enough information to participants so they can make informed investment decisions on their own. Um, you know, too many plan sponsors, they hire the advisor and then they don't have the advisor come in. Maybe because the advisor doesn't want to come in or because they're making excuses when the advisor asks and they don't want to devote the time to it. Um, you know, I think it's important for plan sponsors, once they hire advisor, to let them, let these advisors do their job. Uh, they are obviously the people that, the smartest people in the room when it comes to 401k investments. And when you hire somebody, don't get in their way, just let them do their job. And too often, plan sponsors, like I said, um, advisor wants to come over, plan sponsors got 50 million excuses as to why uh, they won't let the advisor in. Last but not least, um, you know, I think it's important for the plant sponsor to be a good housekeeper. Uh, you know, it's, it's when you're at home, it's great uh, that you have great housekeeping skills. Uh, 401k plant sponsors, the one way to minimize their fiduciary liability can be done through some great housekeeping. Uh, again, when a plant sponsor has a committee, it's important to have meetings and it's important to take minutes of these meetings. Any decisions or considerations made during these meetings must be documented. The minutes of the meetings need to be kept. Also, what needs to be kept are the IPS and all plan documents, even, they, even if they've been completely restated, as well as plan records from the past seven years. Too often, you deal with plan sponsors with plan document issues, and you have further document issues because you can't locate you know, the initial plan document. Uh, I think it's important that a plan sponsor uh, meet with their financial advisor regularly during these committee meetings. Um, I think it's important for the plan sponsor to memorialize any discussion investment decisions made. Uh, so that means keeping minutes. Plan sponsors obviously should keep um, regular enrollment and education meetings um, kind of tied to the date of when participants are supposed to enter the plan as enter the plan as participants. I also think it's important for the plan sponsor to review their, uh, you know, the TPA and other plan providers consistently to make sure that they're still handling the plan completely and professionally. I also think that the plan sponsor needs to make sure that all fee disclosures uh, are provided by their plan providers and they should actually review it. Um, as well as benchmarking fee disclosures to make sure the fees are being charged are reasonable for the services provided. You know, like I always say, good 401k plans uh, don't happen by accident. It takes a lot of vigilance and a lot of good housekeeping. So I think it's important for uh, plan sponsors to do that. I hope you enjoyed this truncated uh, edition of that 401k podcast. Uh, and uh, we um, hope you enjoy it. Uh, and uh, I think it's important uh, 
again for you guys to go to that 401ksite.com. We've got some great live events coming up. Uh, already plotting 2022 schedule. Uh, that's, again, dependent on cost. And some venues are more expensive than others. I think I described it last week. San Francisco, can't happen. $15,000 for the room. Maybe we try Santa Clara. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, uh, of course, you guys will be the first to know. And, again, like I said, go to that 4 for further information on all events. Thanks. Take care. Bye.